The World of Dark Ages podcast presents Side Quests, tidbits and inspiration for the Dark Ages. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Side Quests. My name is Jacob. And I'm Peter. So, what are you up to these days? Uh, not much, really. The The weather has unfortunately turned into this slushy kind of smarch weather where, where you still have a bit of snow, but during the daytime it melts away a bit, and then during the nighttime it's, it's below freezing. So, when you get up in the morning, you have this kind of sheet of ice covering the, the roads and everything. So, that's, that's bad. Uh, yeah, that that sounds a bit scary when you're when you're outside. Yeah, it does, and and some especially if you're out walking in um, uh, just just near where I live. There's there's like this outdoor area where uh, in in the forest where a lot of people walk. So so on the actual pathways can still be frozen because people have walked over the the packed snow so much that that it's uh. still there, and then everything else has melted away. We're not really there yet, but give it a week or two, and we're we're probably gonna be there. Yeah, we are. Uh, we we're at the point uh, where where it's it's Denmark as usual because everything's wet. Like uh, we uh, we had uh, about a week of hard frost, where even during the day the temperature never made it above freezing. Then we had one day where it was this beautiful snowy landscape. And um, we took the kids at, at work out um, building snowmen and, and sledding and everything. And now it's just all the snow have melted and the ground has absorbed so much moisture and uh, it's still yeah. cold. Uh, so it's just everything is just soggy. Hmm. But I mean, that's that's Denmark for you. Yeah, <laughs> we are we are a very, very wet country. Hmm. Um, so anyway, um, so one thing that, that we've been, been kind of thinking about is when you play uh, a historical role-playing game like um, Dark Ages Vampire, you know, you make you make a character which is a person from that time. But one thing that could be interesting is to think about, well, what would you have been if you were in the Middle Ages? Not Not you know time travel not that any of us would travel back in time because i'm very certain that the end result of us traveling back in time would be that we would die of some kind of illness that we have no resistance to or something yeah we probably end up shitting ourselves to death or if not necessarily by by diseases or illnesses but probably just because the, our stomach bacteria can't handle the food from that yeah. or, or the bacteria that was around them so that's something you really don't see in time travel movies that often. No, or or indeed in uh, in any historical movie, you it's it's rare to see people with uh, with the runs, but uh, it it would have happened quite a lot. But yeah, if, well, well, if, the thing with time travelers is that the people back then were used to the kind of bacteria that were in the food and stuff like that. But but our modern stomachs with our modern bacterial flora, uh, fauna, is it whatever. Um, wouldn't really be be used to it, so so that's that's an issue specifically for, or more importantly for time travelers. Yeah, but if we were to take ourselves and try and sort of, let's call it, translate us to the Middle Ages, it could be an interesting <coughs> experiment. Also, uh, give yourself some ideas as to what kind of people were around back then. For example, in my case, um, I was born in 
a town called Haderslev, which is on the southern east coast of the Jutland Peninsula. Uh, we moved around quite a bit because of my dad's profession, but in the Middle Ages we wouldn't have done that, so I would have I would have stayed in in uh, in that town. Also, one of the the cities that we moved to when we moved around didn't exist in the Middle Ages. It's one of Denmark's newest cities, so I would have I would have grown up in Haderslev. Um, and my dad, he was before he retired, he was uh, a doctor, specifically a surgeon. And my mom was a midwife, so... Um, so she back... would have been burned at the stake as a witch. No, 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 no. no. Really. I mean, she was... She was. I mean, I, I'm guessing that, obviously, back then it was rare for, um, for women to work if they were married, especially if the, the husband had a good job. Mm. But I'm thinking she would have been someone that you would have called in if there were trouble with a birth, like she would be someone who would be recognized as knowing midwifery. She would be good with, with, uh, with births. Um, whereas my dad, he was, uh, when he worked a gynecological surgeon, uh, so he would have just have been probably a, a regular surgeon back then. And of course it was, I mean, doctors were rare, but if he had an education either at university, which would have, obviously required him to have been either a nobleman or very, very rich, or just some kind of medical education from a monastery, which there were in Hellasleu, or a cathedral church. Um, he, could have been, he could have been a nobleman's physician, and there was a royal castle at Hellasleu. So yeah. I'm guessing if I'm going to translate my parents back to, uh, to that time, they would, have, they would have lived in Hellaslev, my father would have been uh, the physician to whoever was managing the royal castle, and my mom would have been, you know, running the house and everything. And then, if there were a birth that seemed particularly problematic, she would have been called out. Um, so that's that's the the situation that I would have been born into. Yeah, I'm. Well, I, I the city I was born in, which is Uppsala. Uh, was around uh, even back then as we oh, yeah. mentioned so so that wouldn't be a problem uh, i i grew up uh, outside about an hour's drive north in in the countryside and uh, interestingly enough the the first or one of the first houses we lived in uh, was um, was of, of course very modern but but just nearby where we lived uh, there were um, modern um, mining facilities uh, where they uh, mined uh, iron ore, uh, but oh. according to uh, according to finds and stuff and, and historical records, uh, that kind of like um, that that kind of, of mining or, or mining in that area had been going around for for a very long time. Uh, so it could have been possible that there was some kind of um, settlement even back in the Middle Ages. I, I really don't know, actually. But um, more likely, considering my, my parents' backgrounds, uh, on, on my mother's side, I actually have quite a, a noble lineage with um, yeah with uh, um, uh, German and and uh, kind of uh, some some Prussian uh, nobility going back actually to to the, the oldest records of of our our family heraldry is from 1205 so it's it's just around the time of uh, of of the dark ages setting depending on yeah on which one you are uh so i if if we're going by that i would probably be living somewhere in in germany or 
what is now Estonia because it was that kind of area and there are there were quite a few uh, connections to the Teutonic Knights uh, over at least a few centuries. Um, and my dad, he was before he retired. He was a freelance photojournalist. So I'm I'm thinking that would probably translate into some kind of chronicler. Um, yeah, uh, or or an uh, illuminator. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, manuscripts. That's, yeah, that's that's actually a, a, an interesting uh, thing. But um, then, so so I have I have the both both on that side. So so my mom would. Um, she she has worked a lot in the in the culture sec- sector um, for for quite a large part of her life. She's been working as a historical guide in uh, in in different historical settings. Uh, the place that she more or less ran for quite a few years uh, dates back to the the early pre-industrial iron industry uh, from the 16 and 1700s. So that's that's a bit bit too late for this. But what was quite common for uh, for noble women was basically uh, being a humanitarian and, and doing yeah. these kinds of like being being a patron or a matron uh, to, to <laughs> the arts and and, and and stuff like that. So so I guess she would also more or less be be a stay at home person and uh, but but also like kind of finance the, the local arts or church or, or monastery or something mm. like that. Yeah. Uh, now I'm I'm an only child, and of course that uh, in in the Middle Ages um, people generally try to get as many kids as possible. But um, I would have grown up an only child in in the Middle Ages as well, um, because it wasn't by choice that I'm an only child. Uh, and <clears throat> you know, I I probably have like a, a a childhood where I would have grown up around noble children, and probably also have gotten a fairly decent education. Now in adulthood my education is i have a bachelor degree uh, but it's a bachelor of education which obviously didn't exist back then but i could see my dad obviously making quite a bit of money being a physician to a nobleman uh he might have enough money to send me to university in say paris um or he could have in- gotten me into a, um, a cathedral school somewhere where i would have gotten myself uh, a bachelor degree uh, back then, being a, having a bachelor degree was not you had a bachelor in something. That was just the first degree where you studied. I think it's the quadrivium. You study first, first the quadrivium and then the trivium. Um, so I would have had a bachelor of arts or artis liberalis, which we today would call the liberal arts. So things like music and um, rhetoric and stuff like that. Uh, so that's I think that's the closest thing I would be able to translate my education to back then. Um, and so after that, I've worked a bit as a school teacher, and now I work as a um, uh, a pedagogue. Um, it's it's a job that doesn't translate to all countries. Um, for example, it, it it doesn't really exist in America. But what I do is I work in a um, government sponsored after school club for uh, for kids. So when the kids are finished with um, with school, they come to uh, to the club. And they can stay there until five o'clock so that both parents can work if uh, if needed. Um, but I think the closest thing in the Middle Ages would probably be that I would be um, a tutor for noble children. Yeah. I think that's, that's the one that makes t- sense. Mm-hmm. And since I now live um, not in, but very close to Copenhagen, um, we've talked about this before, how the city that I live in is surrounded by Copenhagen, I can see myself... Um, getting an education and then moving to Copenhagen 
in order to um, uh, to become a tutor for either noble or even um, even royal children. Um, the place that I work now, uh, we do have some some kids of, of fairly wealthy parents. Um, so so I'm thinking, you know, I would end up as as a um, a private tutor for the children of the the rich and powerful. Yeah, that doesn't sound too bad, actually. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, as long as as long as you don't have one of those uh, royals who who likes executing their staff for not doing a good job. Uh, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, going by what I've actually done and my education and what it would translate to. Uh, being being a noble, I would probably have, or at, at least the, belonging to a, a noble family, I would probably have some kind of uh, martial training, which translates into my modern day military experience. Uh, mm. So, and and that that's kind of fitting as well. Um, Your military experience was in Finland, right? Yeah, I I did my mandatory mil- military service in Finland because I my mother's from Finland, so I have. Uh, I have dual citizenship, uh, but now I'm I'm still active in the Swedish Home Guard. Uh, so but would that then translate to you going to to fight in Finland? Like, would there like yeah, a crusade well, or something possible? Yeah, not really at this time. Probably at at some kind of of raid or conquest or or like if uh, if there was a were a fight between local nobles or something and they needed. They're like, okay, let's let's all from this side go and beat up those so that they won't steal our castles or cattle or whatever, uh, like these these small raids or, or uh, border disputes basically that happened between nobles. Uh, so uh, or or possibly yeah, possibly a crusade actually because that's that's something I wanted to touch upon later on that that I'm actually quite well traveled for, especially uh, when I was younger for my age I was quite well-traveled due to being able to uh, join my dad when he went on, on working trips all over the world. Uh, so yeah, crusade, possibly, not not not, imp- not impossible at least. Uh, but I would have some kind of at least military training and I also have some kind of, of academical training. Um, and again, possibly if I'm staying in Uppsala, then we, we do have the cathedral school here uh, where you could study the, the usual, the, the Latin and the laws and religion, which was kind of the same um, um, being being a juror or, or a jurist as um, is was also kind of, you had to study not only Roman law, but, but also religious uh, canon law. Uh, yeah, so our, our conversations would have been in Latin because obviously I would have also learned Latin in order to get my bachelor yeah, degree. Yeah, exactly. So, so this conversation would have been in Latin rather than uh, than English. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> because the uh, interesting enough, Latin was the lingua franca of, of the time uh, <laughs> since French hadn't really started going around, at least not up here in Sweden. Uh, but but yeah, I would probably uh, have, have some kind of... but. Um, a bit of a different kind of, of education or experience at least uh, and being the, the youngest son uh, I would also probably be kind of encouraged to go in, in that kind of direction to uh, to find my luck and fortune somewhere else <laughs> yeah 
Um, so if I look at, at stuff that I do when I'm not working, uh, I have no idea how to translate a podcast into <laughs> into the Middle Ages. Like we, we'd be sitting around the local tavern talking about uh, all the stuff that we've been studied and people could listen to that. Uh, though, of course, our conversation would have been in Latin, so only those who spoke Latin would understand it. Yeah. Um, that, that That's a bit uh, difficult. Yeah. Um, or, or some kind of scholarly project where, where we... Uh, where uh, we we kind of uh, write down our chronicles and and it ends up in a library and no one's gonna read it for a couple of oh yeah ex- ex- exchanging letters about about some kind of of like obscure uh, maybe we've both gotten our hands on Snowy Sturluson's um, chronicles uh, and and have have started talking about the Viking Age or stuff like that. When 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 you actually when you mention it, letter correspondence would probably be a, a very good um, fit for for this because writing letters to each other was something that the, the wealthy and rich and wealthy did because that was again you didn't have telephones or anything else so you you had to keep in touch with someone so so that would that's actually a really good idea to to keep in touch with someone you would need to write them letters and and you so, would so have we'd this basi- kind of correspondence between people. yeah so we'd basically be exchanging letters um i i write books i mean my 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 ho- my hobby with with role playing that would just translate into um like board games, uh, chess, and what else? Mm-hmm. Uh, because board games were really popular, yeah. especially among uh, nobles and burghers at the time. So, so I'd be I'd be really like an, an enthusiast in in board games. As for my writing of of books, I suppose that would that would yeah be something like maybe chronicle writing. Probably also trying to translate some of the uh, the the classic stuff like that. And then there is my Hema fencing. Uh, I I do mainly longsword, which wasn't around back then. But given that what we know about um, what happened in the cities back then, I could definitely see myself uh, practicing sword and buckler play uh, for uh, either recreational purposes or just to be able to defend myself against the ruffians of the Copenhagen streets. Uh, so that that's kind of my my hobbies and stuff like that translated. Uh, I I think yeah, writing writing slash translating uh, a few books, board games, and then practicing sword and buckler. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that it would probably be kind of similar to me as well because I I would need to keep up my my martial training uh, and and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm I'm going to throw in a twist in into my story because. Uh, First of all, uh, I, as you probably know, I have horrendous eyesight. My eyes are oh. really, really bad. Uh, yeah, they're and, worse than mine. Yeah, and and in a way, like it, it probably wouldn't have been a problem in the beginning, uh, because when when you're training, kind of like mano a mano, just just the two people against each other, um, it it doesn't really hinder me that much, and I I have uh, participated in in some. Uh, historical reenactment battles where I couldn't wear glasses and I can't wear lenses because uh, my eyes just hate me afterwards. Uh, so, so I, I can fight fairly well. It, it would obviously be a very big handicap. Uh, so, so I would probably not have the best of of martial careers. I, I wouldn't become a great knight or anything like that. Um, and especially if we go back a bit and talk about my lineage, because. I have a very big social handicap, and that's I'm uh, I'm a bastard. My parents Ooh. weren't married, uh, 
so so if if we're thinking of of where I'm ending up, I could probably become a, a mercenary or something like that. Or uh, or if we're going by, since this is of course the Dark Ages, the Vampire Dark Ages, mm. where where does everyone end up sooner or later in in the world of? <laughs> That, that's monastery. right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I would probably end up in a monastery. Um, and and it's, again, being the youngest son, being the bastard, uh, and, or a bastard, uh, none of my, uh, my parents were never married. Um, and uh, again, be having some kind of formal education, ending up in a monastery would probably be quite a good fit for me. Um, Especially if you look at uh, the, the kind of, of monasteries that were uh, that were around in Sweden at this time, because the, the earliest well, the earliest monasteries in Sweden Sweden was actually nunneries, which I think is mm. kind of cool. They were around a few decades before uh, monk monasteries uh, showed up, which which was kind of I think is kind of interesting. Um, and the the two first uh, monasteries. Uh, were I, and I don't know if if that's unusual uh, for for uh, in in general, but they they weren't one of the three bigs. They weren't uh, Benedictines or Dominicans or or Franciscans. They were Cistercians, uh, mm. and we we have mentioned them before because the Cistercians are kind of interesting because they they do this whole kind of uh, ora et labora, uh, which is uh, Latin. It's it's the Saint Benedictine rule. Uh, which means uh, uh, pray and work, not work. Ora is um, uh, pray and labore is, it's the same word as labor, it's, it's work. Mm. Uh, so, so they had this kind of idea that, that uh, monasteries should be more or less self-sufficient uh, and, and they still got tithes and stuff, so they didn't really have to be, but they, they still had, uh, the, the monks worked farms and they worked in the forest, especially up here in Sweden where you still have huge forests, very old forests, um, and um, and they also did. They also have kind of a proto industry with 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 blacksmithing, and uh, they in in a lot of the monasteries they basically had uh, hot air heating in the floors, so you would. Oh yeah, the hypocausts. Yeah, the, exactly. Those systems are amazing. Yeah. I've seen one. There's one uh, very well preserved in a museum in Lübeck where you can basically you can walk on the floor and then they've done a cutaway uh and it's just the 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 level of uh, sophistication is probably something that's going to amaze a lot of people who think that the middle ages were not that sophisticated yeah exactly uh and and that would suit me because i'm i'm kind of a nerd in that way i, I and <laughs> i like it when when i don't have to freeze too much um and uh and and another thing that's that's kind of interesting with um, with the Cistercians is that they they quickly realized that okay the we're following the rules of Saint Benedict, which means that we have to work and pray and we have to pray quite a lot at at very specific times. Yeah, and that takes away quite a bit of of uh, time from from actual working. Uh, so so they they developed this system where they had like the the friars proper. And they also had more or less a branch of people still still living in the monasteries and, and following some of the monastic rules. Uh, but they were lay brothers 
Uh, yeah, the ones that were in minor orders. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, or, or lay brothers, but but mm. they they were kind of like they, they brought in the farmers uh, or or people like that didn't have anywhere else to go and 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 they could work the farms or or the the forest and and or industry and stuff like that. So so I'm thinking that uh, coming from a noble family, not necessarily wanting to to take up orders full time because that that at least that isn't my my modern thing so to speak <laughs> uh, i i think i would probably be pretty satisfied uh, living as a lay brother in a cistercian uh, monastery uh, and especially with with the kind of martial background because um in in a lot of monasteries uh, if if you are an old soldier or an old um fighter of any kind and and you become injured and you can't make a living as a soldier anymore um monasteries are a good place to retire because they take care of you and uh, if anything they are one of the few places where they can actually treat injuries so yeah and and it would be a great place for someone with your education as well yeah. to, to be involved there and if we're going by the name of the rose if if i'm ever going to find a pair of glasses it would probably be in a monastery as well <laughs> oh that too yeah um yeah, I'm. I'm thinking that my poor eyesight wouldn't really be a problem in in my line of work. Um, I am obviously married. Uh, my wife is the daughter of uh, a um, um, a construction engineer, a building engineer. So, given the building boom that was happening everywhere in um, in in Europe at the time, that makes that makes uh, a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, in the the Dark Ages time frame, you had the building of of a castle and a cathedral in Hellaslev, so I could have easily met her there, mm. uh, visiting my family. Um, her my my wife's mother is um, she's a um, lab chemist, so if anyone was going to be uh, accused of witchcraft, I think it would be her. <laughs> yeah. um, but but I can see myself, you know, meeting my, my wife, marrying her, taking her off to uh, to Copenhagen. Um, she currently works in a cheese shop, and I'm thinking that uh, what I would make as a tutor to, um, to uh, nobles, she wouldn't have to work. Um, so she'd probably stay at home, and I'm guessing, given the fact that she has a master's degree uh, and, and loves to read, she'd probably be raiding every library she could get her hands on, all of my books and scrolls, all the books and scrolls of the nobles, and being um, unseemly educated for a woman. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it wasn't really that uncommon that that sometimes the the wife of the household, uh, at least when it comes to noble families and stuff like that, was the one who uh, not necessarily could read and write because that could be uncommon both for for men and women, but the oh, one yeah. the one taking care of of the ho household. So it it wouldn't be impossible. Uh, and you have at around this time you have a few uh, educated women that actually make quite a big splash, so to speak. You have Hildegard of Bingen. You have uh, Saint Brigitte of Aquitaine. Yeah, and and uh, Saint Brigitte of Sweden. Yeah. Uh, so. So yeah, it, it, it she would probably also correspond quite a bit, I would imagine. She probably would, but she would be a commoner, so it would be like uh, it's ah. it's it's not quite all right. But but still, I mean, you know, my wife try try and stop her from doing <laughs> yeah, uh, anything exactly. she wants. <laughs> yeah. um, so 
that that's that's where we end up. I'm I'm a tutor to uh, noble or royal children in in Copenhagen, and you're in a monastery somewhere as a lay brother, um, and we're corresponding with each other. Now, seeing as as in your you're in a monastery, one of two things are going to happen to you. Either you're going to be involved in a number of murder mysteries, <laughs> yeah. um, because if, if anybody's ever read uh, any of the, those um, medieval murder mystery books, yeah. a lot of the times it, it has to do with monasteries. Or more likely, since it is uh, the, the vampire, the Dark Ages, one of the many vampires that live in a monastery is going to embrace you. Yeah, exactly. Or it's going to be a murder mystery involving one of the vampires, and it's going to end up with me being embraced. So, so yeah, definitely. That, that's where so, we're going to end up. What are you going to be embraced as, do you think? Ooh, it, well, if it's Sweden, then I'm... I'm okay, I'm, I'm not saying this just because I like the clan, but I'm, I'm guessing that a Ventru is most likely since since it's kind of... As we mentioned in the, um, the Viking episode, that I, at least me personally, I think that, that Ventru should be, have a real big interest in, in, in Scandinavia. Yeah. Uh, with with the kind of, of style that that um, the Vikings gone for with with all the stuff, uh, so I think there would be a venture presence, especially when it comes to establishing um, actually the building of the nation states, because that is something that happens around this time. Uh, and and again with my with my noble background and, and stuff like that, I think it would be probably a. Uh, a Ventru. I don't think a Gangrel would be that no, likely. No, not at this point. Uh, and and the Bruges don't really hang around in monasteries. I'm maybe a Toreador. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't think any La Sombra would find a way up here. But uh, well, a Toreador would fall for your good looks. Oh, issue. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I'm. I'm probably gonna say Ventru uh, if, no. if I could choose, at least. Mm. Yeah, and in my case, I'm thinking with my access <laughs> to. Um, influencing nobility especially the children it could be uh, a la sombra um though they're probably more likely to ghoul me a true could also definitely be an option though once again i don't think i'm i'm displaying any real leadership quality so i'm thinking um a combination of access to those in power and being a scholar uh it would most likely be a toreador uh that would embrace me in in that situation um, so, so that's that's how we would that's how we would end up. Um, so, I'm I'm thinking that um, you know any of our our listeners here, if you want to try and translate yourself into the Middle Ages, uh, it it can be a fun exercise. Uh, you don't necessarily have to play that character, but just you know to get an uh, an idea of what things were like in the Middle Ages, just trying to uh, to see where you would uh, you would end up and if you if you encounter some some fun stuff about your yourself how you'd be in uh, in the middle ages post it on our facebook or post it in our discord uh it could be kind of a fun to see where where everyone ends up oh, one thing that i completely forgot to mention is uh i probably wouldn't have been named jacob back then because that would have been seen as a jewish name yeah that's, um, that's true yeah but i know that um my parents were considering calling me Daniel and I think also David. So I might have ended up with David uh, instead, which would have been a rather strange name. My last name uh, originated in Holland. So I'm not sure uh, what my last name would have. would have. Maybe my middle name. My middle name is a family middle name and that's very Danish. So oh. I probably would have been David Bjørnø back then. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's well. In in a way, it kind of suits you. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I I don't know if 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 how common Peter was. Uh, I think it was fairly common. Yeah, it it was fair. I don't know how common it was up here though. But but uh, my my middle name is Michael, uh, so I have these two very oh. Christian names, which wouldn't really be out of place. Uh, and and of course, my my last name it it again it dates back to at least. 1205 so uh yeah so that that one that one stays yeah that, that would stay <laughs> okay well uh in that case um i think this is pretty much all from SideQuest this week unless you have any final comments peter uh no not this time surprisingly all right. enough <laughs> well, uh, I think I think the uh, the last episode we did uh, kind of tired us out, so we we need a, a, sh- a short episode this time. Yeah, that's it, it was a long one, and um, if if anyone actually manages to listen to it all in one sitting, then then I want to know. I, I really want to know if you managed to sit through it all all at once. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so next Friday, uh, we should have uh, been looking at Knight Heresy, but real life is getting in the way. So there'll either be a side quest or there will be a break. I hope our loyal listeners can forgive us. Um, but for now, it is goodbye from me, Jacob. And from me, Peter. Farewell and see you next time. Bye.